Your perspective is what your intellectual property is and your intellectual property is what is differentiating you from another coach that also helps somebody grow their business. just hopped off of a group coaching call with my mastermind legacy. And towards the end of the call, we were kiki and kakan and we were talking about profitability of business models. And I wanted to come on here and share a message with you because in the coaching space, I think one thing that I think is really, really interesting is if you started your coaching business or your online business back in 2019 or in 2020, Um, I think a lot of coaches or course creators or online business owners, uh, a lot of us saw a massive boom during 2020. My revenue tripled in, I tripled in revenue during 2020. My business grew substantially during COVID. And I think that many of us and a, a lot of new business owners started their coaching businesses during that time period, um, during the time period when everybody was the only thing that we could do was be online. Everybody was at home. Everybody was on Clubhouse. Everybody was on Instagram. Everybody got, you know, TikTok blew up. And I think there's this interesting dynamic of experiencing that type of growth during 2019, during 2020, or if you also started your coaching business at that time, how is that impacting your beliefs and what is it happening to your cash flow now come 2022, going into 2023? And one of the things that I think is really important for us to take into consideration is that if your business grew during that time period, or if you started your business during that time period, you were in a bull market. We were in a market where there was uh, everybody that was, I feel like it was damn near impossible not to make money during that time period if you were in the right industry. Like the government was throwing out a lot of cash. There was a lot of disposable income in the marketplace. A lot of consumers had extra discretionary income to make buying decisions for the, I'm speaking somewhat generalized. Yes, there are a lot of people who were negatively impacted during that time period. And also a lot of people heavily profited during that time period. Um, and if you were growing an online business during that time period, you know, again, we you could have probably sold a less sophisticated program promise. You could have sold with less sophisticated messaging and marketing. You could have sold at a higher ticket price point and it all would have worked. Um, and for a lot of people, it did work. They were getting more high ticket sales, more premium paying clients, their conversion rates were through the roof. Because again, during that time period, 2019, 2020, and I think this is, I know part of the reason why my business even tripled in revenue was because half of my clients that year were traditional in-person business owners who sold at events or sold on stages or were traditional brick and mortar. And they had, they were at a high level of urgency of why they needed to create a new revenue stream, going online, transitioning their services online, or introducing a new offer, coaching and teaching online, because their traditional revenue stream was gone. So there's this high level of urgency to change their business model. And we had the infrastructure where we solved that problem. People were able to transition with us and pay us. But when that level of urgency no longer exists, and then especially if you started your coaching business during that time period, you're probably hit right now with what the fuck? Like, why are my conversion rates dropping? Why are the quality of my leads decreasing? And I'll probably do another episode on another day, like really diving into like the dynamics of the business cycle and how that's impacting the online coaching space and and how that is absolutely impacting, I think the coaches or the course creators who either experienced big growth during those two years um, and then have now been baking all their future projections off of that experience, which was an outlier, not a, a to be expected. Like 
the metrics that you probably have during that time period, um, I wouldn't call them, I, it's not a false positive, but like it's, um, that those are metrics that exist under a specific contained event, um, where, you know, all of that attention online, you know, money was in the markets. People were making buying decisions very, very differently. Like it's a, it's a, that was a moment in time. It's not that what your sustainable data and what your projections should probably be based off of. So I'll probably do another episode on another day about that. But the part I wanted to chat with you today about was profitability in business models. Um, and something that came up on the call is like, it's very normal, traditional businesses, if they're doing more than 20 or 30% per year in profit margin, that's good. Um, traditional agencies, traditional uh, product-based businesses, traditional e-commerce businesses, if they're doing more than 30%, they're winning. And, um, you know, it can be really alarming to hear that. Like, what? How is that possible? Because the online coaching space, and this is the thought that I was having, I was literally in the bathroom and I'm like making lunch before I have on my next call, um, is why is the coaching industry so profitable? Like, building a coaching business having an education teaching business, building, uh, you know, in the in this online education space, why is it so profitable? And there's a few things that make this our industry so profitable. One, there's minimal overhead. You don't need to own a physical property. You don't need to buy inventory. You don't need to um, pay for a lot of team in order to produce the outcome. So that's one thing. It's low overhead. You can run everything very lean, mean, and a fighting machine on this space. But I think the other part as business owners is what is required to make this business model successful. I think because people come into the online education space, there's this assumption that a lot of people have that if I just create content, I can make a lot of cash. I can go online, create a course, build a coaching program, create an Instagram account, and then people are just going to come buy my shit. And this is the realization that I had in the bathroom. What makes the coaching, what is required of you to make your education or your coaching company profitable? And when I mean profitable, I mean like 60% margins, 70% margins, 80% margins. It requires personality and it requires perspective. That is what allows the coaching business model to be so profitable. You have to have personality. Your personality, there ain't no coach that I know of, no Tully Robbins, Dave Ramsey, Marie Forleo, Amy Porterfield, you think of any of the biggest names in our industry, there is a personality behind that brand. And I know that there can that can get a lot of rap in the space of, oh, don't build personality-based businesses. Then don't get into the education space. Don't get into the coaching space. Don't get into the course creation space where you're using content through social media, live videos, Instagram posts, TikTok, you're using a social platform expecting to build a business without having to showcase your personality. Make that make sense somewhere. But that's part of the reasons why the industry is so profitable because your personality is part of the magnetism that attracts your clients, pulls them in, and retains your clients. It's a, it's a personality of you first and foremost. The second thing that makes our industry so profitable is your perspective. Your perspective is what differentiates you. Your perspective is what is your unique advantage. Your perspective is the is what is embedded into the curriculum that you teach, into the philosophy that you use to support your clients in getting the results. Your perspective is the baseline of your intellectual property. So if we were building a brick and mortar, right? If you were building a, a product-based business where let's say that you were like Apple, Apple's 
perspective is really in the IP, the intellectual property that makes this technology do what it does. That is what makes the brand valuable, right? It's the intellectual property. The correlation of intellectual property, you know, your own patents, your own design, the thing that makes your product uniquely different. When you're selling education and coaching and you're in this online space, that direct correlation to what is my unique IP that makes my product different and superior than everybody else is your perspective. Your perspective on how and your philosophy on how you, you teach and advise your clients to get a result. That's your IP. That's your patented process. That is and being able to formulate your perspective into frameworks, being able to formulate your perspective into models, being able to formulate your perspective into documented uh, structured curriculum, that is what, that's the meat of what it is that you do. So your personality is part of the equation. Your perspective is a non-negotiable of the equation. And I think the last thing that makes, that makes you sustainable in this space is your purpose. What is the mission? behind why you want to make money? What is the purpose and the caliber of the, of the problem that you are solving that no matter how hard this business building shit gets, you are committed because you are committed to the mission more than you are committed to just making money, just seeming popular, just like being famous in the facade of what this online space can do. Those, that's what makes online coaching so profitable. If you have no personality, if you have no unique perspective that differentiates you and also allows other people to have a unique perspective, have a, an ingrained association with your perspective and what problem you solve, and if you do not have a purpose, a mission, a, a, a form of what you want to disrupt or change of, of why you're choosing to teach and coach in the first place, you ain't going to last in this game. You ain't going to last. And that's what I wanted to share. That like you, any business, these attributes or elements are required to be successful. If you are an author, if you write a book, like you, maybe your personality isn't selling the book, but for damn sure your perspective on how you're writing your book, the, the, the language that you use, how captivating your storytelling is, that is what allows you to be successful as the author. Like any business, if you were, if you were, if were like, okay, I don't want to have to build a, um, I don't want my personality to have to be part of the branding. Like when I think about Steve Jobs, his personality wasn't necessarily what sold the product. His personality was absolutely part of his leadership philosophy and how he built the team that built the product. But the product was so damn good. The pro, like in, in the physical business space, the product has to be just as good as the caliber of your perspective in the coaching space. Like to me, that's the, the direct correlation. The branding of Apple is the branding. That's the direct correlation into the coaching space is your personality. Your personality informs the values. Your personality informs the brand makeup. Your personality informs what people, what aesthetic people have with the association with your company. It's a direct correlation of branding in the Apple world. You know, the packaging in for every Apple product, that packaging, that branding, that brand aesthetic, the expectation that we have with that experience, the values that Apple communicates, all of that is part of why that product sells so well. But as a coach, as an online educator, as a teacher, what is that direct correlation for our world? That direct correlation is absolutely your personality. Because at the end of the day, it's like, it's like, it's like when you enroll in college, if there's three different professors teaching the same class, 
how do you decide which one to go to? They're all teaching the same information. It's going to be the same material. It's going to be the same curriculum. But what makes you sign up for one teacher over another? It's that teacher's personality. It's that teacher's, the, the, the commitment that they have to the, their purpose behind why they are teaching. You, we have all had teachers that are only there for the paycheck. My 10th grade social studies teacher was this reason why I hate history. He was literally there to collect the paycheck. He literally did not like, he did not care about us actually learning the material. He did not care about us. You know, I don't even think he really cared about history. I think he was just there because that's what he was assigned to do. Versus I think about Mr. Wellman, my architecture and engineering teacher in 10th grade. That may have changed my life because he cared his personality, his purpose behind why he was a teacher went far beyond just the standard public school curriculum that he was given to do. So when I think about, you know, you building a business and you choosing to become a coach and you entering into this online education space, or if you're at a point now where you're desiring to grow your coaching business, think about these things. A lot of people just want to make more money because they can see that being promoted in all these ads online of like make six figures, make seven figures. Yes, that shit is available. And also what's required. If you're unwilling to share your perspective, if you're unwilling to, to, to showcase your personality, to show your face in your content, to speak your voice in your content, to publish your perspective on a regular cadence, if you are unwilling to stand for something in your marketing, to stand for something in the type of clients that you want to work with and who you work with, if you do not actually care about your clients getting the result that you sell them into, you will not you will not last in this industry. It's not to say that you won't make money, but it, it, I guarantee you, you will struggle having consistent profitability and you will struggle sustaining yourself in this space. And that's what I want to share, y'all. That is that was what was on my mind. I hope this resonated with somebody, but it's just like, when we think about what are these factors that allow us to have the success that this online industry produces and allows for us to have, what allows us to have such high profit margins, when I look at the most successful coaches that I know who have the most profitable businesses that I know, they have consistent alignment amongst those things. They're willing, they have a personality that is their own. You have to have a deep sense of self to make it online. You have to. Because if you do not have a deep sense of self and who you are, what you believe in, why you're doing what you're doing, you won't know how to show up and showcase yourself. Because you'll be mimicking somebody else, copying somebody else. You don't know who you are, so you don't know how to show up as, you will not be showing up as your authentic self. And then you won't be able to, you won't be able to sustain manufacturing the facet of who you are. Then if you are unwilling to share your perspective, your perspective is what your intellectual property is. And your intellectual property is what is differentiating you from another coach that also helps somebody grow their business. Your, your perspective and your experience and how you teach that experience and showcase that perspective is what differentiates you from whoever else is teaching and selling the same stuff. And then your purpose, the reason why you are doing what you are doing, like that is what allows you to make, that's your fuel to keep going. And, and again, like that's also part of the reason why your clients choose to stay because your clients are not just buying you and hiring you. Your clients are are paying for a problem to be solved and your clients are staying because a mission that is aligned with the work that they are doing, the work that you are teaching is aligned with their vision. Their vision falls in line with your vision. That's why they choose to stay. 
And that staying ability is what allows you to have that sustainability when you're growing your business. And I think the last thing is that like being mindful of your profit margins, being mindful of how you're structuring your offers, making operational decisions, how you are leading your company so you can maintain healthy profit margins along the way. But in none of this did you hear me talk about popularity. And none of this did you talk about having a lot of followers. And none of this did you hear me talk about like, because it's been blowing my mind recently how many business owners I have been meeting who everybody in the online world knows who they are. They got 100,000 followers on Instagram. They are, you know, on every major podcast. They're speaking at every major event and making millions a year. And they're, and they are living paycheck to paycheck. Every, they have to launch every single month because if they do not launch, they won't make payroll ne- next month. And that's a totally different uh, energy source behind how they're running their business is because I think they lost track of one of these key things that I just mentioned. The integrity of their personality, their unique perspective, and the purpose behind why they're doing what they're doing. Because if we can lose, if we lose sight of that, where our purpose no longer is the thing that is perpetuating our movement forward, but our popularity and our fame is, or we start caring more about, I want to sell, I want to grow for the sake of growing, but I don't want to prioritize my profit margins and make solid financial decisions. Like it, it causes us to make different decisions. It causes us to behave differently. It causes us to operate differently. And as we're going into 2023, Y'all, this is just my public service announcement, okay? Start asking yourself the questions that you have been avoiding. Or going into 2023, really look at your cash flow. Look at your books. If if you start to notice your cash flow, your conversion rates, your retention rates are starting to drop from what was true for you in 19 and in 20, start getting, get curious with yourself and start to ask yourself why. Why is that happening? What changed? What was true about my economic and, and, and business environment then that's no longer true for me now? What's required to be now that I had been delaying or avoiding doing back then? Like we, you have to ask yourself these questions because if you don't, you'll just run out of cash flow and then you'll end up closing the business. And, and, and I think too, like that's, it's been, and I'm not saying this to like scare anybody, but like this is the shit that's required of you if you want to run your own business. You have to be able to figure out a way to create an offer, to design a business model, to maintain your messaging, to maintain your sales through an entire economic sales cycle. From when there's it, when we're in bull markets and in when, when, when we're in bear markets, like you have to, your business, that's to me is the true test of time. Can your business make it through an entire economic cycle? Most of us have never been in business long enough to make it through an entire economic cycle. And then not only can we get through an entire economic cycle, can we still grow while making it through an economic cycle? Like that's stage two of like business, business maturity. Not only can your business stay in business for the entire cycle, can your business grow despite the cycle? And that's a level of maturity that a lot of us in the online space have not experienced because a lot of us ain't been in business that long. I mean, even for me, I've been, I've been through one economic cycle. I started my business in 2017. Then we had 18, 19, 20, 21. We're in 22. I'm in six years of business. And I really don't even think I'm full. I'm, I'm like, there's, you know, getting on this tail end of what's going on right now is the true test. It's the true test. 
And I think that for the business owners who are a bit more mature like I am, where they've been in the game a little bit longer, look at what your growth rate has been. It's, it should not always be exponential. Like a lot of us experience exponential growth in 19 and 20 because of the economy, because of COVID, because of stimulus checks, because our industry was, uh, uh, you know, it ended up being a necessity because the attention of the consumer, everybody was online. We are not fighting for attention. We were, people were on Instagram and on Clubhouse and on TikTok for eight, nine, 10 hours out of the day. So of course, if you didn't have exponential growth during 2020 and you're a coach, you missed the boat. <laughs> like that was a prime time to collect the check. I just hope this is resonating. And like, this is also part of that, those unwritten rules of being a CEO. This is your responsibility to be having this level of foresight, to be having this level of insight on your business, to be asking yourself these questions, to be trying to uh, mitigate risks into the future or mitigate the risk based off of what you know to be true in the past. Like if you went through 2020, you didn't grow in your online business, you need to ask yourself, why were you not operationally prepared to take on more business? Why were you not operationally prepared to make more money during a time period where it was a bull market? Where, and especially being at online, especially if you were a business coach, people were looking for that solution. Why do people choose other people versus choosing me? And for the clients that did choose us, why did they choose us? What was our value proposition? What was my perspective that really was aiding and abetting, aiding into the conversion rates being what they were? And then when I look at now, you know, when the markets start going down, people start panicking. Shit, this is like, no, I need to be, this is my time to prepare operationally because I know that this law is not going to last forever. I don't know how long it will last, but do I have enough cash to, to sustain myself during this, this economic period? Is there enough cash flow? Is there enough client retention? And also, what am I doing operationally to build up during this season? So that when we start going on the up and up, Jerisha's ready for the castle to come in. We're operationally sound. We can move at any pace we need to move at. Because during this period, we've been building ourselves behind closed doors. And I think these are the things that we need to be thinking about as business owners. And not even think, not even saying that this is what I think we need to be thinking about. This is your responsibility to your company to be thinking about. And for some people, they're like, Jay, this is a lot. I'm like, welcome to entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Welcome, welcome to this shit show. Okay. Cause it is. It's whoo child. Okay, y'all. Ooh, let me get mine. Last night, uh, I had a day. I had a day. Cause I'm just, I'm going up against my own upper limits and my own limiting beliefs. And I went out and had me a glass of wine. Some of y'all don't know me. I don't drink. I dr well, I shouldn't say I don't drink. I drink very infrequently. Like I have a glass of wine like once every three months. I do not drink often. And I'm at a point in my life, I don't drink cheap. Because if you drink some cheap wine, you wake up the next day with a headache and your back sore. And I'm like, how do I used to do this in my 20s? I don't know. So last night after my day was over, because it's scary. Like it, part of this is also scary. Like a lot of the conversations that I'm, I'm sharing with you now, these questions that I'm encouraging you to ask yourselves, I have been asking myself and also making decisions around. And it can feel scary. Like it feels scary making decisions at a belief level that is kind of further beyond where you consciously are at like it, it's scary growing your team it's scary raising your prices it's scary niching down it can all those things can be scary 
The last night I was just at my upper limit and I never, my husband has never heard me say, babe, let's go get a drink. In the five, in the six years I've been with this man, I have never once initiated, hey, babe, let's go to the bar and get a drink. I have never asked that. Last night I finished my work day. I was in the shower and I was like, babe. He was like, yeah. He came in there. I said, you want to go get a drink? He was like, are you okay? I was like, I mean, logically I'm fine. Okay. My um internal, my nervous system is a little bit shaky right now. Okay. Logically, I'm fine. I know I'm fine. I know these thoughts are not real. I know my fears are not real, but my nervous system needs some, needs some wind down. And I said, babe, let's just go get a drink. And he was like, well, I want to watch the Golden State Warriors game. I said, okay, well, let's compromise. There's this place that we go to that has like the big screens and they have, you can watch the game and they also have great food. And I was like, okay, let's just go there. So we walk over. I look on the menu. I said, what's the most expensive glass of wine that I can buy? Cause I can't do no cheap shit. I cannot wake up tomorrow with no headache. I cannot wake up tomorrow feeling groggy. Give me some quality wine. What's the most expensive glass of wine that I can buy on the menu? And they brought me over something called the Cayman. It was $29 a bottle. I said, shit, that $29 was more expensive than my meal. But hey, I, this was what I needed. I said, give me my little glass of wine. Make sure to bring me some water too. Because for every ounce of wine I'm drinking is an ounce of water I'm drinking. I can't, I'm, I'm too grown for this. I can't do it. So they bring my little glass of wine. I asked them to put Golden State Warrior on a big, big screen because they had it on a little screen. I'm like, put the whole thing Golden State. So we went. I got my wine. I got my guacamole with pomegranates and corn. And I got me a little Mediterranean salad. And then, you know, he had what he got. The glass of wine that I got was $29 for the glass. If I would have bought the bottle, the bottle was like 170 bucks. That is what I have learned. I do not drink often. I don't like drinking liquor. I don't drink like tequila. I don't drink cocktails, but I will go for a glass of wine like once a quarter. How you do it is I realize the reason why you get hung over or the reason why you get he headaches when you have a glass is because you're drinking some cheap shit. And, or maybe that's just me. I know for me, I cannot have cheap alcohol. If I do, I will be tore up the next day. I just cannot do it. I cannot do it. So, what I did was just listen. I just give me some expensive wine. Give me some stuff that they, they, I don't know how they make it, but they make it well where it, it differentiates itself in the lower tier shelves. That's why I said, just give me the most expensive glass. I don't do this every day. It is what it is. I'm having a day. I got it. I'm, I'm drinking this wine for my nervous system. Okay. That's it. And, and I needed to leave the house because if I would have stayed at home, I would have kept working. Like I knew that I physically needed to leave my environment. Physically, you know, we walked to the place. I had a 15-minute walk there. I had a 15-minute walk back. I'm like, I had to leave my environment because I knew if I would have stayed at home, I would have just kept working. I would have worked myself through the nerves that I was feeling versus like sitting in the emotion. I just wanted to sit in the emotion with some wine, with a Mediterranean salad, and with my favorite guacamole. So that's what I chose to do. Thank y'all for hopping in. And I'll talk to y'all later.